0: The upcoming presentation is a two man power trip of wrestling podcast production.
1: What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two-Man Power Trip.
0: Oh my God, this is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two-Man Power Trip podcast.
2: This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to Two-Man Power Trip.
0: This is Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Woogie Man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out
2: there,
1: this is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs>
2: well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back, so you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We're ready to go or what? Oh, uh, Chad. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This
1: is Homicide.
2: Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it.
1: Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling.
2: Victory. there's nothing, nothing but hostility between these, wait, that's a, he's giving her a present, look like a, look like a box of candy to me, what's it, he's giving her something there, she's, she's not even paying attention to the match, she's not, it, look Victory, beautiful monkey flip by Savoli. a drop kick didn't have too much effect, Victory tried to step off of it, Savoli went for a monkey flip again, and there it is, the experience paying off. Missy's opening her present at ringside. Victory with that elbow. elbow. That'll be it for, for Joe Ciboli. I can't believe... Yeah, one, two, three, that's it, but she... She's captivated by the present. The winner...
0: Let's get it rolling right here right now this is the two-man power trip of wrestling and you are listening to the flagship show the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast here on the TMPT Empire if you didn't know by now my name is Chad and as always I'm joined by my tag team partner the one and only JP John Paz. And John, today on the show, we take a dive deep into the prime example of a territory wrestler, a guy who wrestled in so many different places and did so many different things throughout his career. Uh, And it's really a cool, uh, cool little uh, thing to get him on the program here. And we're talking about Jack Victory joining uh, us today for a great chat that you had with him, uh, talking about everything from world-class to ECW to global and all the places in between. Uh, Jack Victory, a guy who uh, seemingly, especially in ECW, kind of came out of nowhere to have a nice little run there in the tail end of the uh, the ECW days, including a great piece of trivia that I kind of found as I was doing my research for Jack Victory um, that he actually has a victory in the final ECW show over C.W. Anderson, who kind of ended ECW hot mm-hmm. as well. So uh really cool chat here that we got on our hands with Jack Victory uh, and a great addition here to the TMPT lineup.
2: Yes, we talked about that last show, and it was interesting. He wrestled C.W. Anderson on the last show, but kind of leading up to it, he really wasn't wrestling as much in the later days of ECW. And it was interesting because once you get hurt – and especially with a smaller promotion, not that ECW is so small, but sometimes in the smaller promotion, sometimes you get hurt and, you know, they might not be able to forge you, they can't use you or whatever the fact may be, but he was always on TV because he was such a good character and he was such a funny character. And I think everybody remembers him for the wheelchair gimmick and kind of doing that whole thing and being with Carino and the network and being in that managerial role and still being injured, still being in the wheelchair, but getting out of the wheelchair and taking crazy bumps. So, I mean... He's just one of those guys where it's like, man, if you want to know what a pro wrestler is, and you're just thinking about pro wrestler, just knows every facet of the game, whether he's injured as a manager, still gets the reaction from the crowd, still plays a great heel, he's the prototypical guy. Territory wrestler, been everywhere, done everything, and then can go to a place like ECW and flourish and be over and just be great and get Carino over, too, because not only was he there as the, the you know wrestler, He's not a manager and all this other stuff, but he's the veteran, so he's got to get some of these young guys over, and he did a really good job of that in ECW, and I love kind of talking to him about his history with Paul Heyman.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and he was a guy, and I remember specifically when he popped back into ECW, like having known his name, having seen him on tape and, and reading about him in the magazines, but not really knowing uh, you know, really the full body of work. And then when he got to ECW and he played this, like, you know, basically hired gun and then the, what he'd morph into with Carino, I, I got to be honest, in the time where Carino was kind of making his, uh, you know, his claim to being the top guy and ECW, I think Jack Victory gets almost as much credit being alongside of him because they made a great pairing together. And I even know after ECW closed, and I know you and I have been to many shows where Jack Victory and Steve Corino were still kind of tied together. Uh, so it's really cool to see, like, after all those years on the territories that you can get back in touch with a guy like a Paul Heyman and make an impact in ECW, especially in probably the hottest time in the history of the business in 98. Uh,
2: yeah and he was great one of those guys who just started out to me because i'm not always thinking like oh the guy in the main event i want to know the guy that gets the greatest crowd reaction or a guy that plays his role so well that they just hate him you know what i mean he's just perfect villain perfect heel perfect character just loved it but as far as heyman and ecw heyman is a pretty loyal guy and you know that heyman kept in touch with jack all the way back from the nwa slash wcw days when Jack was, yeah, you know, he was just kind of there with Rip Morgan, he was, with the New Zealand militia, and he's playing all these kind of different gimmicks and this and that. But he actually, if everybody remembers this, I'm sure you do, had to replace Dennis Condry, who kind of went MIA with that original Midnight Express angle. When Cornette, Lane, and Eaton fought the quote unquote original Midnight Express that Paul Heyman brought in, which was Paul Heyman, a.k.a. Paulie Dangerously. Dennis Condry, and Randy Rose. So the only way you could really turn Cornette heel is really with Heyman, who, who, you know, who could be more hated by the fans. So you had that angle, but then Condry goes MIA, and you get Jack Victory as a replacement, and Heyman just obviously thought he did a good job then and kept him on his mind for years and years. But I think one of the funniest things is, especially talking with Jack about this, is in WCW, the Chi-Town Rumble pay-per-view, he is basically doing... Two matches at once. You know what I mean? Like he, He's two gimmicks at once. He's under uh gimmick mask here, he's, and he's doing a, the uh, separate Midnight Express match there. So I just think that's so funny. This guy can wrestle twice and kind of be a valuable player, and nobody really caught on to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Numerous, numerous masked wrestlers. Yes. Uh, which yep. is very funny, especially in one time period, because you'd think, you know, like, you know that guy kind of looks like the other guy. You know, you'd maybe put two and two together, but mm-hmm. hey— yep. That's what happens when you uh, you do your job right, and it's uh, it's a really cool opportunity to get a guy like Jack Victory on here, and again, world class, and uh, the WCW stuff, and ECW, just another great little uh, another rare guy to add to the uh, to the database. So very happy to have Jack on here. And before we uh, we get into the wrap-up, John, I guess, you know, give me a marquee Jack Victory moment in that run with uh, with Steve Carino. Obviously, you know, what comes to mind is the broken leg and, and the match with Dreamer and Jake the Snake. But give me a Jack Victory uh, Steve Carino moment if you can.
2: You know what I, I was just thinking is when they were together and they were paired together and obviously, you know, they're doing the wheelchair gimmick and they're doing different things. But, like, the fact that he could just get Carino over – like that, because Carino at this point you know, is the king of old school. He's trying to get over. He's a young guy. He's kind of still skinnier at this point, but Jack Victory really kind of took a lot of crazy bumps, even though he was injured, really kind of got the guy over. And I just, I love talking about that time period because you think about him being brought in just as like the mercenary and kind of like in the serious role, he's going to take out new Jack. He's going to team with dreamer, uh, excuse me, uh, credible for a little bit against dreamer and stuff. And then he breaks his leg. I just, it's just one of those things. It's kind of an all encompassing thing, but I just always think about how he kind of was brought in from one role. They see that he was so multifaceted. He was so good that they're like, all right, we're trying to get this kid Carino over. We're going to pair him over pair him up with him and you're going to get over despite you being injured, despite you probably not supposed to be taking bumps and despite you having that injured leg, but he went above and beyond was always there and kind of went above the, above the duty there. And, and really, you know, just kind of made Carino and, and made him into a, a bigger star just by taking the bumps and just by being a great heel. I mean, it's just simple, simplistic stuff that kind of gets lost and that manager role I think kind of gets lost but he did such a good job with it and I feel like he's just one of those guys that almost gets lost in the shuffle a little bit but true ECW fans remember him quite fondly
0: Absolutely, and we will uh, we'll let you take it from here as we uh, we get into this episode with Jack Victory on the TMPT Empire, which you know is expanding in such a, a gigantic way. We've uh, rebranded the TMPT website. It's now called TMPTEmpire.com. Uh, it's got all the housing for the podcast that we've got under our umbrella to include this show the flagship two-man powership of wrestling podcast as well as the home of eyes up here with francine the queen of extreme the JJ Dillon podcast, and kind of over on our sister partners, the Russo brand, we have the Triple Threat podcast with the franchise Shane Douglas, but all the information for that is on our website, TMPTEmpire.com, to include some of the conventions that'll be coming up in the uh, the TMPT uh, repertoire. We've got the Icons of Wrestling coming up this November with Shane as we celebrate 25 years of the franchise, and we're kind of getting things together for 2020 and see what comes next but everything going on in the tmpt world is going to be going on at tmpt including a news and notes section that we'll be working on uh, as well kind of in the testing phase if you will uh to get this all rolled out here in a big way doing big things on the tmpt the only way we like to do it i like to say john we go big well, we go home, and we ain't going anywhere. So we'll just leave it at that. So, with all that being said, let's wrap it up here. Nice, hit you with a little bit of Two Man Power Trip of wrestling business, and get it on the road to Jacko Victory, uh, the one and only Jack Victory.
2: Now, for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane, Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And now, without any further ado, a world-class television champion, a three-time world-class tag team champion, and a uwf world tag team champion you know him as jacko but we know him as ecw legend jack victory please enjoy Right. Joining us on the line right now is a former UWF World Tag Team Champion, a three-time world-class tag team champion, as well as a world-class television champion. He is an ECW legend. He is Jack Victory. Jack, welcome to the two-man power trip. Thank you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing very good. So what is going on in the world of Jack Victory? I feel like you were away from the business for a little while.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, it's... uh... It's been a while. Um, I'm starting to get back into, uh, you know, doing a little bit of signings and going to conventions and seeing all the old timers. Uh, you know, it's funny when they all they all call you the old timer now. You know.
2: Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how's this deal kind of getting back into the game a little bit?
1: It's great. It, you know, it, it's great. Uh, you know, you always. Uh, always a wrestler, you know, you always, uh, it's always in your blood. Um, it's great to see, uh, you know, all the, um, all your friends from, from all the years that you, uh, that you performed and stuff like that. So it was, uh, we just did one in, uh, in Charlotte. Uh, it was called the gathering. And, um, I, I thought it went really well, you know, just, uh, See, see old friends you know I, I we got together with Missy and Johnny um you know Hollywood uh Tatum um I haven't seen them guys in years you know um so it was nice it was nice to see everybody
2: yeah and John Tatum a very attractive wife I must say he's uh, he's definitely doing well for himself I hope he's back <laughs> in, in, in the health department I hope he's doing okay
1: yeah, yeah, he he had a bad uh bad little ticker there for a little bit and um I think they got that all under control and uh Johnny's still Johnny man. We uh <laughs> we had a blast at the bar. Um it was it was <laughs> fun. It was fun.
2: Obviously, you know, you guys date back to a legendary tag team and, and world class, uh, three time tag champs. What is kind of is, like when you go to the convention stuff, is, is that something they bring up to you most or is it mostly like ECW fans?
1: Um, this one, this one was more, more of the old time, uh, old time, uh, you know, uh, world-class UWF, uh, Mid-South sports. Um, I mean, there were some people there bringing out stuff for me to sign that, you know, uh, it was incredible, you know, how they, uh, wrestling fans are unique. I mean, they are, uh, they are one of a kind people, um, so no, it was mostly it was mostly when I uh, first started out. You know, world class mid south. Uh, well, I started in mid south sports, and um, you know, Bill Watts was the first one to give me a job. Uh, Bill Dundee was the actual booker um, that actually took a chance uh, uh, took a chance on me and, uh, and gave me a full time gig.
2: Bill Dundee really was such a great booker in that era, because I mean that's when they were. Hotter than hot, and you kind of stepped right into it. When they kind of brought you in and, you know, Bill Dundee gave you the full time job, how do you actually go about that? I mean, is it there's some sort of tryout? Bill Watts has to like you, they see you someplace else. Like, how does that come about?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it, it, my, me, me getting lucky in the wrestling career, uh, wrestling business was unique. Um, I, I graduated in 82. Um, um, I started, uh, you know growing up you know with dusty and ernie ladd and and you know just all the old uh you know the the guys that i actually were able to go up and down the road with uh uh as as a fan watching them um i'd always go to uh, florida every summer um I, I i was born and raised in new jersey um went to florida uh, my aunts lived down in florida west palm beach and um every monday uh Florida championship wrestling would come to, uh, West Palm beach auditorium. And, uh, me and my cousin, it was, I think it was $6 and we'd always get front row seats. And, um, it was dusty would always, you know, be in that, uh, click, um, Ernie would come in and, you know, all the old, uh, all the old heels, uh, they would feed them to, uh, to dusty. Um, and, and that's how I got hooked on wrestling, um, Getting yeah, back to your uh, question was, uh, I I actually uh, was able to hook up with some people. Um, it was Eddie Miranda, it was um, D.C. Drake, the, Moran- um, the Mongos, uh, and, and they took me under their wings uh, and we started doing shows in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and, and stuff like that. But I never had any formal training, you know, I was... Uh, um, I put tapes together. Um, I actually, this this is the true story. Me and my father actually went to uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers' house in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and knocked on his door and asked him how I could break into the uh, to the bigger leagues. and he And he said, "Put tapes together and send them out." and And that's exactly what I did. I sent one to Mid South, and they actually called me and flew me into. Uh, to Houston, Texas, and uh, I, uh, I did a tryout. Um, it, seemed, it seemed like it went well, and um, I flew home, and it was about three weeks later, uh, Dundee called me, and he says, this is your starting date, you know, and um, I packed, uh, packed my car up and uh, drove out to, uh, to uh, Oklahoma, and um, that's how it started.
2: It's so awesome that you, uh, obviously from New Jersey. I'm a fellow Jersey boy myself, but it's so awesome that you just knocked on Buddy Rogers' door and like, hey, how do I break Yeah, into yeah. <laughs> when I tell
1: people that, it's like, you did what? I yeah, said, like, Yeah, what? I was, I was a green mark, man. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know how to break into the business. You
2: know what I mean? Pretty um, ballsy, right? I mean, yeah, it
1: was pretty ballsy. Yeah, when, when you look back at it now, um, it was, it was definitely ballsy.
2: Did he uh, take kindly to that, or was he pretty professional?
1: Oh, he was awesome. He, he invited us into his house and he, uh, we hung out for about two hours. He, you know, he uh, brought me to his man cave and, and it was just, it was incredible. It was incredible how he uh, took me, took me in and, uh, and and treated me really well. And um, what a super guy.
2: Here's a dumb question for you. How did you actually find out where you lived?
1: my dad actually found out somehow he knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. And that's, that's how we, uh, that's how we,
2: uh, we found his address. Unbelievable. That is awesome. And he really, you know, helped you, you know, gave you great advice, obviously helped you break into business. He did. He did. And,
1: uh, yeah, it just, it, uh, the cards fell in my favor, you know, um, it's, uh, yeah i look back at it like if we if we never knocked on that door i would have you know still in new jersey probably you know
2: yeah and did you ever like kind of after you got in the business did you ever go back to him and say you know thank you for the advice or did you ever see him again after that
1: i've never seen him again you know i Uh. I, you know i've never seen him again i did drop drop him a, a thank you card and uh but you know when you start when you start with watts you uh you don't sleep anymore you know what i mean <laughs> you're uh, you're running uh you're running eight shows a, a week uh you know double shots on the weekends and uh you're living out of a car and you're you're rolling dude <laughs> you're blowing up cars you're driving 100,000 miles a year you know so there was no uh there's no time to uh you know the only time i got fired is i actually Asked him for a little bit of time off to get married, and he fired me.
2: So, oh, my God.
1: Know, yeah, yeah. But he says, I'm firing you, but uh, you're starting in uh, world class. I called oh, for okay. you. So, yeah.
2: So So he's a tough guy, but he was trying to be somewhat uh, fake about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he always had that, you know, he had that little edge on him, you know. He, uh, I'm the boss, you know um we could we could talk, oh my god, five hours just on Watts stories you know what i mean it's crazy i'm sure I'm sure uh you doing this uh this podcast i'm sure you've got a uh, you've gotten uh some
2: earfuls of of stories oh yeah for, for sure you always hear crazy stories about him and how tough he was and how hard he was and and a lot of the guys say that what the worst travel experience was. In mid south, is that actually true? I know you say blowout cars and stuff, but was that your worst travel experience? Was it with him?
1: Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. But but I loved it. You know, I mean, you 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 really love it. You know, I mean, it was like I said, I've never had any formal training, and you want to learn how to wrestle. I mean, you you have Ted DiBiase, you have you have all the, uh, you know, the people that were incredible workers you know, watching your matches and telling you, you know, what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right and stuff like that. You, you want to learn how to wrestle, you go work at Mid-South. You know what I mean? It was, it was a fantastic experience. Um, but yeah, was that the hardest territory to get from point A to point B? Absolutely. Um, you know, the double shots, you're not even taking a shower after your first match. You're in your gear, uh driving 80 miles an hour to the next show. And, uh, hopefully you could beat the bell. You know what I mean? It, it was crazy.
2: And a lot of people say he was very old school, but if you actually look at his booking, there was a lot of new school stuff and, you know, gimmick matches and, and different things. Do you think he was old school just in, in, maybe in his toughness and the way he handled guys, but wrestling mind wise, he wasn't as old school as people thought.
1: No, no, we, I mean, we, uh, when, when he put me with, um, when he put me with the, um, uh, I want to say the Bushwhackers, but it wasn't the Bushwhackers. It was the the sheepherders. When he put me back there, we, we, um, I, I I don't know if this was true, but everybody, uh, everybody said that we did the first Bob wire match on television. Um, it was a six man Bob wire match, uh, with the Fantastics and Terry Taylor. And, um, we uh, we took that Bob Wire match all the way around the territory and sold out buildings uh, all over the place. Um, but yeah, no, I mean gimmick matches, uh, so many. We we did one. This this is this is a funny story. Um, we did a blind blindfold battle royal, <laughs> and and the gimmick was I mean obviously you can see a little bit through the blindfold. Um, but it was hilarious, I think it only lasted a couple weeks because it was it was it was it was funny. you know the heels would be grabbing the heels and, and and pounding the heels, and the baby faces would be pounding the baby faces, and the, the marks would be telling the baby faces they would point and they would go "Yes, yes, yes, and no, 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 and stuff like that so it was it was quite interesting. the blindfold battle royal.
2: What a crazy idea. Is that Dundee or is that, that was Dundee?
1: Oh, absolutely. Oh. That had Dundee all over it. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: The wacky mind from Memphis. Yeah. Yep, he, yep. But you know, he did kind of with his booking, did kind of set the territory on fire and they were doing so good. So some of those gimmick matches definitely were hits.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. There it's it's uh yeah, so many different gimmick matches definitely he was uh he was uh, you know a, a a project of the uh the tennessee uh you know the lawlers and the, the gilberts and all that stuff you know he um he brought that uh that mindset to uh you know uh, mid south and uh it took off like uh it took off it was really uh it was a great territory i mean it was uh Besides the driving and stuff like that, it was it was a great
2: place to work. And as far as you in mid south, is that I guess that's really the first time you met Hollywood John Tatum, right? And, and Missy, and that's really, really you really got acquainted with them. It
1: is, it is, it's, um, it was a different Booker. It was Ken Mantel. Ken Mantel took over the uh, the booking, um, and uh, he brought in he brought in I think Johnny and Missy were it. I think they were in. I, I want to say, I want to say they were with the Crockett's, and um, I think Michael Hayes called them up and says they want to bring you here, and um, and Johnny and Missy came and uh, and uh, we first got introduced uh,
2: in mid in mid South, yeah. And what was it about you guys? You kind of hit it off and obviously end up winning the tag titles from the fantastic. But what about you guys kind of hit it off pretty well? Like you said, you're still hanging out to this day, uh, drinking at the bar. Yeah, we, we
1: gelled. I mean, me and Johnny gelled. We, uh, I mean, we we've done some really, really, really crazy stuff in our, in, in our little scout. And, and and the only reason it stopped is because his horrible driving and he got in a head on collision trying to pass a truck on a side street in Louisiana and almost killed himself. You know, they cut him out of a, they cut him out of the trunk of the car. You know, he was in really, really bad shape. And, you know, that's really the only thing that put an end to our tag team uh, uh, run, you know, I mean, he was, you know, nearly dead. Um, So I, I don't know if you knew about that accident or not, not too many people do.
2: No. Mm-mm. I didn't know about that. Wow. Yeah,
1: that's that's the only thing that really kiboshed our, uh, our run was uh his horrible driving, you know.
2: Yeah, that stinks. Yeah, you know, obviously you lose to Leroy Brown and Bill Irwin, but it definitely feels well, like Well, that was, was
1: that was another Johnny's screw up. Uh we won the tag team titles from from the Fantastics. We Yep. Uh our I think one of our first defenses was in Houston at Sam Houston Coliseum. And numnuts, uh, I, I think he was late, or he didn't even make the show, or something. Um, I, I forget his stupid excuse. But uh, Watts got so pissed, and we we lost we lost the, the next week on TV uh, against Bill, and uh, uh, that was a major squash job. If you if you can go back and watch the tapes on that thing, oh my God, Watts was so pissed.
2: Man, you don't piss off Bill Watts. I mean, yeah, you
1: don't piss off the boss. Oh God, he was—he uh, was not happy, and uh, it was uh, guilty by association. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, we we did a we had a rundown in in you know Texas and and you know that territory, g- going from Watts to world class. I mean, world class only ran about, I want to say three or four. Nights a week, and two of them were TVs. You know, it was Friday, Sportatorium. Monday, it was um, it was uh, Fort Worth uh, uh, Coliseum, and um, and there was only a couple couple house shows a week. Um, so it was it was going from uh, driving so many miles to like you actually have a little time to hang out and, and do things, you know?
2: Which is definitely, definitely nice. And you did get quite a big push there. I mean, obviously we were talking about being a tag champ with uh, John Tatum and then teaming you guys up again, but nice little singles run as well.
1: Yeah, I did. I did a little singles run, which I, I really, um I, I loved, I loved the tag team. Uh, you know, um, if you look back, I, most of my career was with, with tag teams, um, you know, when I first broke in with Mid-South, it was uh, me and Shawn Michaels actually uh, broke in around the same time, and we wrestled each other for, oh, God, for a long time, learning learning how to, uh, to wrestle, you know. So he, uh, he helped me, and I helped him, and uh, we had some really, really great matches uh, when he was just a young little pup I think he was 18, I was 20, something like that, you know, we were we were young and um we wrestled every night, you know, back then you can uh, you can actually there was no internet and there was no, you know, um they knew when you picked your nose or knew when you sneezed and all that. Uh, this internet's crazy, isn't it? Uh
2: oh boy, like, yeah.
1: Terrible. <laughs> it, it, it's on the internet before you could even sit down. Sometimes it's crazy, but back then you can you can wrestle uh, the same person. You know, you would uh, um you can wrestle. You know, you, you would you would we would change up the finishes and stuff like that. Um, um, it it was never never like today wrestling where you know everybody. Everybody went over their matches. We we were in separate locker rooms back in the day. We never even got to see our opponent. Um, you know, everything was done in the in the ring. You know, we would call the matches in the ring and that's where the heels were uh you know, the heels would call the matches and um and uh it it was like an art, you know. It was uh it was definitely much different than
2: today's wrestling. Oh my God! Way different times, and to me, way better times. Do you watch any current wrestling? Is that something that you're into? still I, I or not? try to.
1: I try to. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I don't ever. I don't always have a TV in front of me. Um, you know, it, it's some. Some of it's kind of hard to watch, and some of it's uh, not too bad. You know.
2: It uh, it's not what it used to be. Uh, you know, I'll tell you that much. Something has changed uh, drastically in the wrestling business. It's missing something. You, you don't get you don't have those characters. You don't have the the Von Erichs or those you know larger than life characters. That's that's for sure.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't have the different. It, it just seems like you don't have the different. I don't think there's any fat guys anymore. <laughs> hmm. you, know, I don't, I, I, you know, you don't you don't have your Dicky Slaters, your you know your Murdochs, You don't have your Dusties. You know what I mean? It, you just don't. Everybody's like chiseled, chiseled, uh, uh, you know, athlete-looking people. You know what I mean? It's just everybody's chiseled to the bone. Um, there's no different characters, or I don't know, I don't know. You know, it, it's weird. It's, it's corporate. <laughs> you know, that's how I look at it. It's, it's a corporate uh, entity now. It, it's not wrestling. It's, it's entertainment.
2: There's no doubt about it. And I feel like t- the larger-than-life characters are gone. But also, like you said, like those legit tough guys, but they don't really have to be chiseled or in shape. You just know that they were bad-ass yeah, you Yeah, you don't
1: ever hear about any of them having bar fights or anything. You know what I mean? They're, they, don't, they don't go out. Uh, like we used to do and and have a beer after the matches, it's it's like no no we got to go we got to go do this and blah 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 blah. It's like oh my god, please cut my wrist. I'm I'm glad I wrestled when I did. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, oh. but I think I think that's why. I mean, the, the independents are really doing well now. You know, there's. So much wrestling—it's it, it, amazing. Because um, I predicted when uh, when the Ultimate Fighting came came around, I, I said wrestling's going to be dead. I, I said it's going to knock wrestling out, and it hasn't. It hasn't, and it's wrestling's actually the the new one um, at the uh, the eight. What is it? AW something? AW which? Uh,
2: AVW.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the new one, um, it, it's real, that's really good stuff. You know, that's like old school, uh, that's like some old school wrestling. So that was, that's pretty nice. A new, fresh, fresh look at wrestling, you
2: know, is that a league you've been paying attention to a lot? Obviously, you know, the Cody Rhodes. I've been watching. I,
1: yeah. I've been watching some of the matches on, uh, you know, on the internet and stuff like that. And, uh, and uh, it, it just it just has that old school uh, theme to it, you know what I mean? Um, and, and you know, nobody's really ever since ECW went away. It, it seemed it seemed like everything's corporate, you know. Um.
2: Very cookie cutter, very corporate for sure. Yeah. But with. Cody Rhodes and obviously Dustin's in there. You got Jericho, Jim Ross is calling. He got a lot of old school flavor, and maybe Cody is kind of uh, trying to bring back uh, the good old days. Well,
1: I mean, look at the bloodline. I mean, good yeah. God, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you, can't, you can't get no finer bloodline than that. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he's, uh, he's. I think they're doing great. You know, to be just taking their time, you know, not rushing anything. And, uh, you know, now they got the TV deal and, and hopefully they can, um, you know, build on
2: that, you know? And a lot of people do say that they that AEW reminds them of ECW kind of like a little counterculture, you know, a little bit different, but hot crowds and, they're really yeah, into it yeah, really that, yeah just different you know
1: the the wrestling fans i think uh were looking for something different i i you know every time the um um what am i trying to spit out here come on jacko um the the other uh, the young kids with uh, wwe um what is nxt Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go to I go to some of their shows when they come to Jacks. I live in Jacksonville now. I just I just bought a place down in uh, Daytona. I'm moving there in October. But um, my uh, my good friend Steve Carino, he's one of the producers and stuff like that of ex, uh, um of those shows. And uh, I I go and see him. And um, those young kids are really really you know. Uh, they're, they're looking to get pushed to the uh, to WWE, and I think those matches are actually better than the WWE matches. Um, um, I think their house shows are better, and I think their pay-per-views are better, you know? I, I hope I don't piss anybody off saying that, but I I think they are.
2: You're not the only one that's been saying that, I, I'll tell you that much. It's been yeah. said a lot. Yeah, and now for some NXT reason gonna be on USA.
1: Yeah, yeah, I heard yeah, they they um they're gonna go on uh USA on uh I guess they're going against that other that other one. Um gonna be a lot of wrestling on T V. You know, something's gonna something's gonna have to give. You know. I, I, I don't I maybe too much, you know what I mean?
2: Yep. I agree. So what was it like running into the king of old school himself, Stevie Carino? Oh my God! I mean,
1: uh, well, we go back from the ECW days. Uh, we, um, me, Lou, uh, and uh, CW and Perino, we rolled up and down the streets together, and um, and oh, and Devon, Devon, we 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 always had to uh, throw Devon in there when uh, when we were traveling up and down the roads with ECW, so. Um, it's just, it's just good to, uh, I I still talk to CW and, um, Carino on a, you know, weekly basis. Uh, we, uh, and, and then Lou's out in Vegas. He's, uh, he is a, uh, one of the head honchos of the uh, Circus Soleil. He, Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a gig out there. He's really, really doing well, um, out there in Vegas. Um, He's head of marketing for the uh, Circus Soleil out there, so he's he's doing really well, and of course Devon's uh, working for Vince still, you know, as a uh, as an agent. So everybody's doing great. CW still, he's still wrestling uh, up and down the up and down the roads on the weekends. He's having a blast.
2: He actually may be in better shape now than he was then when he was in ECW. Oh my God,
1: he's he's he looks great. He looks great. He hasn't aged a bit. Um. I saw, saw him at the gathering in Charlotte and uh, he's, he looks fantastic.
2: You know, we're talking about kind of Carino and obviously you riding the road in ECW with Devon and Lou and CW. How did you actually get into ECW? Was it the Heyman remembering you when you're in the, uh, it the was, NWA? It was, it was, of the it was from Heyman. It,
1: it was, it's funny when I, when I got out of the business, I went into the uh, strip club business. Um, I was, I was a door guy, and then I went from door guy to managing to general manager to part owners and and I was at the strip club and of course, the wrestlers back in the day they love they loved the strip clubs and um and uh it was Paulie and dreamer came and visit me and and said, "You know would you ever you know consider coming back and i said i really really never gave." too much uh, thought about it, you know, I said, I figured my days were numbered for over, you know, and they, uh, they talked to me, and they said, we would love to, love to bring you back in, and I said, ah, I'm going to leave Naked Girls and go back to the business, so I I left (laughs) Naked Girls and went back to the business, and, uh, you know, had a, had a couple great years with ECW, uh, you know, until I broke my knee, which, then I then I finally tapped out. You know, uh, they, he Paul was nice enough to put me with uh, Carino, You know, as a managing role or a type thing, and um, you know, but I I knew as soon as I broke my knee, it was it was you know, got to get out of the business for good.
2: Did he come up with that whole wheelchair gimmick? Cause that was great. He I mean, did. That was so great. I mean, he
1: did. He he's a mastermind. I mean, he uh, he's. Uh, you know, I mean, love him or hate him, he's uh, he's he's got one of the one of the greatest minds
2: in professional wrestling. He's just uh, unbelievable. And if you think about just the way they did that, and obviously Carino's getting the push, and maybe he needed a little something extra or something, but you added to that so much when when the wheelchair, just the heat you were getting, and. For me, I, I was such a, uh, you know, big fan of the Heels. Like, this is such a funny, like, gimmick. It's just like, you know the crowd just absolutely hates him. <laughs> He's in his wheelchair, but he'll interfere in the match, and he'll get up. Yeah, yeah. Get to- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a good, it was a good,
2: uh it was a good, uh,
1: yeah, we had fun with it. We had fun with it. And, uh, I remember, uh, I remember we did a pay-per-view where Taz, he, he got behind me, and, uh, started wheeling me. I, I swear we were going about 30 miles an hour and, uh, uh, he stopped short. I flew out of the chair, hit the ropes and he picked that chair up and, and threw it in my face. Uh, and, uh it was a great pop. I, I forget what pay-per-view it was, but, um, yeah, we, we had a, we had fun with that and we had to keep, we, we kept breaking them because you know, it's ECW, you're going to break your wheelchair.
2: Mm-hmm. You know yep. what I
1: mean? Uh, I mean, it was like, he, Paulie was telling the ring crew, go by hospitals and see if you can see any wheelchairs and just put them in the ring truck. You know what I mean? It was like, we need to feed Jacko uh, wheelchairs. So, we, had, we had fun. We had fun.
2: That's awesome. And you're thinking back to ECW, it was so hot for you know, a period of time there, obviously, but it was different than what you're getting in WWF and WCW. And you think... That was why it was so successful? I mean, did the, the fans were just clamoring for that craziness, the extreme, the hardcoreness? that was ECW?
1: Absolutely. You know, it was just so off the wall and different. You know what I mean? If you, if you went to an ECW show, it was like you were punched in the face. I mean, it was from, from the opening bell to the, to the main event, you were getting guys that were working their asses off uh, to give you a good show and everybody from, from the crew, the, I mean, it was, it was quite an, it was, un- it was, it was a great territory. It really was.
2: Were you surprised when it closed down?
1: I was, I was heartbroken. <laughs> you know, it was, it, it was like, Oh man, now what? You know what I mean? It, it just, uh, yeah, it just ended, you know. It was just, uh, I guess it was it was time, you know.
2: Did you ever have any issues as far as pay? You know, you always hear all those wrestlers say they didn't get paid. He shorted me I, you know, checks.
1: I, I think, uh, I think you know, I, I think everybody was owed a little money at the end. I mean, you know, it was, you know, it's not going to put you in the, you know, poor house or the, you know, uh, but I think everybody was owed a little bit, uh, at the, at the end, you know, some of them went on to, uh, to go with the WWE after they bought it and all that stuff. So they got a little, little push out of it that way, you know, um, I, I just decided to walk away from the business and not do it anymore, you know, um, but I'm starting to uh, I'm starting to get phone calls for conventions and uh, I, I I enjoy those, you know I enjoy those. I'm doing one in uh, I think there's one coming in Philadelphia. I'm flying. It's in November. Some. There there. It's at the old ECW arena. There's they're doing a convention. I'm flying flying up there to to do some signing. So. Things are, uh, it's nice. It's nice to get away on the weekends and see all the boys.
2: Absolutely. it would be the icons of wrestling collector fest at the old arena. I believe it's on the 23rd of November. That should be a great show. What's it going to be like heading back to the old arena? You know, the, the old stomping grounds.
1: Well, when I was negotiating my pay, uh, I had to throw Tony Lukes in there. You know, Tony Lukes is – got to go to
2: Tony Lukes. You know, you yeah, got... best cheesesteak in town. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so so the the arena is the arena, man. I mean, I think Dreamer still runs it. I think he does I think he does really well. And there's mm-hmm. other promotions, I yep. think, that run it too, you know. Um, it, it's a great building. It's just – it's got that – you know, it's got that wrestling uh, smell to it. You know what I mean?
2: Definitely. And it has been renovated since you last saw so it. You may be shocked about how nice it looks now.
1: Oh, really? It looks yep. nice now?
2: Yep. They renovated it big time. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. They actually cleaned up the bathrooms. They added a bar. They They made it a little bit bigger. They cleaned everything up. They got all the broken, you know, all the broken tables and everything out of there. It's actually looking pretty nice. Interesting.
1: I think that's. I think. I think we wouldn't draw the bigger, big crowds like we did if it was too
2: nice, you know. Those, <laughs>
1: those ECW marks, they like that old grunge, you know.
2: Yeah, nothing says Philly like you know that, that that grunge kind of style.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some incredible matches there, man! Holy crap! You look back at it and you you wonder why no one died.
2: You huh. know. Yeah, crazy. Were you surprised at all as far as, like, okay, these fans are going to come back each week, but they were just so rabid? Were you ever surprised? Like, wow, these people are just, you know, they're not just nuts, but they're such hardcore wrestling fans. They're so into ECW. They love them.
1: Yeah, I think some of the fans got over more than the wrestlers did, to to be honest with you. I mean, there was – there was ones that traveled up and down the roads with everybody you know it was crazy how how you, you seen the same faces in the front rows uh every every building you go to it was yeah i mean it was crazy i mean when you pull up it, it makes you feel good when you pull up to a building and you see the lines wrapped around the streets you know what i mean and uh that was that was probably you know 95% of the buildings we went to
2: yeah, hat guy was uh, pretty popular. Pretty over. You might know that.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, is he still around or is he still alive? I mean, I, I mean. It's I don't
2: know. Like, I haven't heard. Haven't heard anything with him uh, about God, him in a long time. He would
1: piss me off. I mean, he would <laughs> piss a lot of people off. God, dog! You you want to jump out of the ring and smack him? You know.
2: <laughs> oh, he very very memorable, but you know, obviously, you know, we're talking about the arena stuff. There's an interesting thing that when we interviewed C.W. Anderson a couple of years ago, he said about the, the closing of ECW, he was saying that Paul's whereabouts were in question. Obviously, he ended up with WB immediately after the fact. He mentioned rollerball and, and different things like that. And maybe Paul kind of maybe let it go a little bit. Did you ever hear or, or see any of that from Paul where he almost not he gave up, but he just wasn't paying attention to it at the end? He was kind of doing his own thing. I um
1: I don't know. I you know, I would love to have a beer and and ask him about it. I I don't know. I I think I think it was just just was time for him to to walk away with it. I think you know, Vince I think probably threw a little money, you know, that he couldn't refuse. You know, I mean, it was it was an awesome territory, but I mean, it was, it was a 24 seven for Paul, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it just, I think he might've just, maybe he did
2: just give up on it, you know? Yeah. He, I don't know why or how, but after CW Anderson, one of the nicest guys in the world said that, you know, oh, maybe he gave up on it. He wasn't around towards the end we checked Twitter after the episode was released and he must have read it or seen it or maybe even listened to the episode. He went crazy on CW Anderson. Yeah, I say not true and da da da, da this and da 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 that like uh don't talk about rollerball. Like, oh yeah, for some reason he went crazy. I guess that was a touchy subject. I guess uh still sensitive after twenty years.
1: Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really I really don't know too much about the the ending of it, you know what I mean. I, I know there was always rumors and stuff like that of of you know it's coming to an end and blah 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 and you know I was never the gossip uh, type of uh, type of person, so it was you know whatever happens happens and unfortunately it happened, you know um, it, it it came to an end,
2: you know. Yep. Unfortunately, I mean, definitely uh, had a, a good run, to say the least, and so many fans were into it. But speaking of Paul, and obviously Paulie Dangerously at this point, but I just wanted to bring this back up. When you kind of fill in for Dennis Condry and become a part of the quote-unquote original Midnight Express, and that's kind of, you know, it's Paul Heyman's team, Paulie Dangerously's mid- original Midnight Express versus Cornette's Midnight Express, Eaton and Lane. Was that something that just came literally came up that day, or maybe a few days earlier, and said, "Hey, look, you're going to be in the original Midnight Express. This huge angle."
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know how that came about, to be honest with you. It was so crazy. It was, uh, you know, it, it was almost like a blur. Like, uh, yeah, really, you know? But I, I remember. I re- it didn't last long, um, but it, it it was it was fun, you know, working working with those guys, uh, very talented. And, and I got to, and I got to see them all at the gathering. They were all there. It was, it mm-hmm. was such a, it was such an awesome, uh, you know, uh, I took a picture with them and, you know, <laughs> one thing I can give the young guys advice is even though it's so different now, <clears throat> I just wish I would have taken more pictures and, um, with With people I worked with, and stuff like that, because uh um uh, nowadays it's a little bit different I, uh, there's so many so many ways to get pictures, but back in the day um, you, you know you'll never you'll never gain that back again,
2: you know what I mean mhm absolutely yep. <laughs> pretty cool though they throw you right in there with randy rose and eden and lane and obviously Paul paulie and Jim yeah randy's actually
1: he's actually moving to daytona he he was an atlanta boy for a long time i don't know if he's he bought a he bought a condo in, in daytona and uh <clears throat> so we'll be able to hang out together uh when i when i get there and he gets there and uh I, I don't know if you've seen him lately but he hasn't changed a freaking bit he looks like he could get in the ring again and uh he looks exactly the same, you know? Yeah,
2: and I heard he had, like, hip surgery or something, so I was just expecting him maybe to look out of shape or look older. No, or something. he or something. looks He fantastic. looked great. Yeah, he Man, looked great. He
1: looked great,
2: yeah. Yep. He looks Yeah, You're right. It looks like he could still go. Maybe you guys can reform the team.
1: No, I don't think so.
2: I don't think so. I think I'm done. You know, also in NBA, WCW, whatever you want to call it, like you had so many different like mass gimmicks or different gimmicks there. You were kind of like uh, an MVP, so to speak. Like, okay, we need a Russian assassin. We need a blackmailer. We need a <laughs> yeah. super destroyer. Well, we well, need Justin, a terrorist.
1: When when uh, when I left, when I was finishing up in World Class and, and World Class was going under and Global Wrestling and Mid uh, Wild Wild West and blah 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 blah. Um, I got a call, uh, of Death was Russian assassin number one and they were looking for a Russian assassin number two. So Dusty called me and, and said, Hey kid, you want to come in and, and be one of them ras- uh, uh, Russian assassin number two? I said, Oh hell yeah. So I think it was Albany, uh, Albany, Georgia. I think I started, um, we did uh we did an angle where I ran in and uh with the coal offs and stuff like that we uh we went all over the place with that so that was that was fun that was fun um uh, and that and that came to an end and then like you said they they started putting me in all kinds of masks the black mauler and all that stuff i think i think uh, i i wrestled i think it was shytown heat i wrestled twice. And I think I wrestled as Jack victory once against Michael Hayes. And then I came back under a mask and wrestled, uh, the same night in the same town. And like, no one knew to who, who the hell I was. Right. It was like crazy.
2: That is awesome. Did you get double pay?
1: I did. I did. That was my, one of my biggest payoffs was, uh, wrestling twice on a pay-per-view. It was one of my, uh, one of my biggest payoffs, uh, so yeah, I did get paid twice. Uh, that was that was nice.
2: Pretty uh, pretty damn cool. And as far as like doing those gimmicks, did you mind kind of like not only you know obviously if you're going to get paid, I you know, hated like, but I mean,
1: wearing a mask, but you yeah, know so it, kept the, it kept it kept a paycheck coming in. I I, I like the Russian assassin gimmick, you know rest, wrestling the Koloffs. Uh, you know that was fun. That was that was fun, and. Uh, then I think I think I went from from that to Secret Service, and then I think I think that's that's when they put me and Rip together. I'm a, man, it's crazy how many gimmicks I had, and I don't I don't
2: remember the order. Yeah, crazy, right? And you know, <laughs> it was uh, Chi-Town Rumble from '89. That's when you had. That's the matches. one. Yeah,
1: that's yep. the yeah that's the one I real I wrestled twice, and I said there's not enough guys in the wrestling business where I have to wrestle twice on a damn pay-per-view. I I mean, I didn't mind, but I was like, come on,
2: you know? Pretty cool. And, like, you you don't even, as a fan, you don't even think about it. Like, wait, that guy was out there under a mask? Like, you don't even think about it as a fan. Right, right, yeah. You just assume. Yeah, and then you and Rip, I, I know you were the New Zealand Militia, but I think you guys are also the uh, royal family too. At one point,
1: oh yeah, they. I, I don't know why they kiboshed that royal family gimmick, but if they would have just let us, you know, just gave us a little bit, I, I think it would have got over big time, and and it was getting over big time. Maybe that's why they kiboshed it. You know, there was a lot of you know a lot of power of the pencil up there in, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in WCW, so. But uh, yeah, Littlebrook, Littlebrook and Ripper, we uh, we had a blast doing that gimmick.
2: Oh, that's right, Lord Littlebrook. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Lord
1: Littlebrook was our manager. Yeah, he was uh, he was our little manager. Uh,
2: Damn those yep. politics, politics at play. That's politics the... of the
1: business, baby. Yep, <laughs> it's power of the pencil. If you if you don't have the power of the pencil, you uh, you go bye bye.
2: Now as we hit the wind down, we're heading for the finish. Just got to ask you: Do you have a, a favorite territory? Was it Mid South? Was it World Classic? Or maybe even WWE, ECW? What was your favorite territory you worked? I, I,
1: it, it's always going to go back to my, you know, my beginnings. It was Mid South Sports. You know, I uh, I started there, and and I'll I'll take that one to the grave with me. It was uh, it was the best territory
2: going. Period. And do you have some favorite matches uh matches or maybe a match or maybe even a couple that you really enjoyed?
1: Um well I mean there were thousands of matches so it was you know I I liked I liked you know wrestling in the Superdome, you know I liked wrestling in Texas Stadium. I I liked the big shows. I mean it's nothing like now. But you know, we we used to do forty thousand people, and we thought we were the best. Uh, you know, that was the best thing going. And and you know, now they're doing hundred thousands of people. You know what I mean? So it's crazy, it's crazy. But when when you draw forty thousand people back then, um, it was it was there was no internet. You know, there was no nothing. It was just small little territory, which you know, to today's standards, that's not that's not a bad house. You know.
2: Absolutely. It's it's great and you know, obviously you know Superdome Tech Stadium, these huge monumental places and just huge landing spots. You mentioned Sportatorium before and just some great things. But do you have some favorite opponents you had throughout the years?
1: Oh god, I've I've worked with so many great talent. Oh my god. Um Oh God, that's that's hard to favorite? No, I mean I could tell you hundreds of, you know, of guys that that were just you know Terry Taylor he was he was awesome, um, you know just just when you were booked against Terry Taylor it was like oh my god you had the day off you know he was he was that good he was really really that good, you know tag team uh, opponents oh uh, I mean the Fantastics and uh, it was just just so it's so hard so hard to pick a favorite we you know you had so many great matches uh you know uh, w- when you when you worked in those territories everybody was good you know what i mean
2: yep absolutely do you have any regrets from your time in the wrestling business at all
1: yeah i just i wish i didn't walk away um ripper ripper was going back to new zealand and I I just I got disgusted with the business and walked away with it and, and you know until Paulie came and uh and, and and invited me back. I I I wish I didn't walk away with, you know, um the way I did uh back then. I wish I would have stayed uh, stayed in the business.
2: Yeah, you think you would have been or stayed really WCW, you think you would have been WWF bound?
1: Um, I, I would have, at that point, I would have stayed with WCW, but, uh, you know, I never, never got the chance to work with, uh, with WWE and I always wanted to. And, and I, you know, and I think me walking away when I did, I, you know, obviously, uh, shot myself in the foot, uh, to, to, to to go up there. Um, And uh, I I think that's probably one of my biggest regrets: never, never, you know, never uh, wrestling in a a WWE uh, uh, match.
2: And just one last question for me: like to ask this question to the guys, especially somebody like you, been around the block forever. I mean, you've wrestled everywhere: Mid South, World Class, ECW. What would you say at the end of the day? The lasting legacy, the stamp of Jack Victory on the wrestling business? Uh, just, uh, you know, I don't know.
1: That's a hard question. Um, I, I just, I, I think I think everybody that I wrestled would, would tell you that, you know, I, I always gave it uh, 110%, and I always made the baby faces look really, really good. So, you know, I'll leave it at that.
2: Hey, to say the least, you were the jack of all trades. You know, no pun intended. You were jack of all trades, doing you know two gimmicks a night sometimes, four gimmicks. <laughs> I mean, you, you did it all. Think about uh, how many you know Max guys you played too, and, and got those guys over.
1: Yep, I, I was never afraid to put somebody over and get somebody over. So, um, yep, it was it was, it, it was fun
2: business, fun business been an awesome chat. Now please give us some plugs. Do you have some social media plugs? Like if the fans wanted to kind of reach out and touch you like what you know, what kind of a social media or or if you have any social media. I
1: think I'm I think I'm on Twitter, I think. <laughs> but I think it's like Jack Victory, but it I, I I never could figure out how to get 82, but I think it's like Jack Victory5 uh uh is my Twitter, is my Twitter, I think. Yeah. I don't really, yep. I, you know, I don't really, I don't, I'm not really into it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, with with the other one, it's my real name, so no one even knows who the hell I'm at. I am, so <laughs> we won't even go there. But I think Twitter uh, is the most the most one I use. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody ever want to, if they want to reach out to me, it's,
2: it's I think it's JackVictory5. Yes. Uh, yep, yeah. Yep, at JackVictory5. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Right, and Jackie. if anybody
1: knows out there how to change it to eighty-two, I would, I would, I would pay them to, to help me out.
2: <laughs> I may be able to help you. I gotta, I gotta do some research myself, but uh, maybe it will help you.
1: Very cool. Well, it's been it's been great talking to you.
0: This podcast was a presentation of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling's Podcast Empire.